Clustering as a general is technique that most of the humans do in their life. You'll find countless examples of clustering around you. For example, a group of people sharing a same table in a restaurant or in a food store where you see similar items such as different types of vegetables or meat are displayed in the same or nearby location. So let's move on and understand more about clustering in detail. I'm Atul from Edureka and as a part of today's session, I'll be teaching you about clustering. Out of several types of clustering available, today our main focus in this session will be on k-means clustering. So let me tell you more about what we'll learn today or how this session is designed. Well, this k-means clustering session is designed in a way that in the first part, you get your basics cleared and understand the concept and the algorithm behind it. Once you get comfortable with it, we will start its implementation using Python. I've added some real life scenarios to give you a proper understanding of the topic. So in short, you can say that these are the agenda for today's session. We'll be learning about what is clustering, types of clustering, what exactly is k-means clustering, how does k-means algorithm work, and then finally we'll implement k-means using Python. Yeah, one more thing. This implementation part would be divided into two different parts, right? In the first part, we'll learn how to implement k-means using Python from the scratch, all right? And in the next part, we'll be using Python inbuilt library for implementing k-means algorithm, all right? And then finally, we'll compare output of them. Since you guys know that the main topic of discussion for this particular session is on k-means clustering, but before I dive deep into it, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you guys know what exactly is clustering? Because it's very important that you know about clustering before we drill down to see what exactly k-means clustering is. So any answer anyone? Okay, just let me tell. So what is clustering? In simple words, if you want clustering is nothing but creating different groups. The groups consist of similar element. If you want a definition kind of thing, then you can define clustering as a process of dividing the data sets into groups consisting of similar data points. The point within one cluster are as similar as possible, whereas the point belonging to other cluster are completely different from the points in the first cluster. All right. And here's one more thing. Clustering is often referred as an unsupervised learning technique. Now you would ask that what is the use of clustering or where is it used? All right. So it is very important to know. So where it is used. So let's understand clustering with an analogy. So in my introduction part, as I said that a group of diners sitting in a restaurant is an example of clustering. Let me tell you how you can connect it with the definition of clustering. All right. Suppose there are two tables in a restaurant. All right. Table T1 and table T2. The group of people sitting on the table T1, they might be related to each other, right? They may be a group of family member. They may be a group of colleagues or anything, right? Even the people sitting on table T2, even they are connected with each other, but only among the people sitting on table T2, right? But when it comes to comparing the people sitting on table T1 to the people sitting on T2, you'll see that they are entirely different. They are not at all related with each other, all right? So this clustering is also done in the same way. What is it? It's that the data points within one cluster is entirely different from the data point of the other cluster, all right? And all the points within the same cluster are either same or are related to each other, all right? Next was the items arranged in a mall. Uh, remember when you visit Walmart or a retail store, you would find that similar items are grouped together for you. It's not like the items are just placed anywhere or mixed with each other like in the fruits and vegetable section. You won't find that apples and oranges are mixed with each other and placed on the shelf, right? So what they do, they create groups and cluster of items for you so that you can easily shop and find your things from it. All right. It's like same variety of apples are placed in one place while the other varieties of apples are placed in another. You won't see the mix match of red and green apple, right? So when this is clustering, all right, so let's move ahead. Now the next question comes, where is it used? So let's see one by one. Flickr maps of photo and other map sites 
uses clustering to reduce the number of markers on a map. Even the Amazon is using the popular recommendation system, which is using the clustering to show you the recommended list of product according to your past purchase history. And yes, even the Netflix, it recommends you the movies based on your watch history, right? Whatever you have watched, it will show you some similar movies related to it. All right. So how do you think these recommended lists are generated? Well, all the concept lies behind this clustering. All right. Well, in general, you can say that clustering can be used to segment the customers or market in the marketing. It can be used by the social network site in marketing new groups based on users' data. All right. So let's move on and see how business is using clustering. Well, clustering can help the business to manage their data better. Generally, they use clustering for image segmentation, grouping web pages, market segmentation, and information retrieval. For example, in a retail business, the data clustering helps in analyzing the customer shopping behavior, sales campaigns, and customer retention. In case of insurance company, a clustering is deployed in the field of fraud detection, risk factor identification, and customer retention efforts. While in the case of banking sector, you can use it for customer segmentation, credit scoring, and analyzing customer profitability. All right, so this is how the clustering is used in various business. All right, let's move ahead. Let's see what are the different types of clustering. Well, we have mainly three different types of clustering exclusive clustering, overlapping clustering, and hierarchical clustering. Let's start with exclusive clustering. Well, this exclusive clustering is a hard clustering in which the data points or the items exclusively belongs to one cluster. An example of such clustering can be a k-means clustering. In the examples shown below, you can see that all the blue data points lie within the blue cluster and all the pink data points, they lie within the pink cluster. Both these clusters are entirely different from each other. They are not at all related with each other. All right, so this is how it's an example of exclusive clustering. Next comes the overlapping clustering. Well, this overlapping clustering is a soft cluster in which the data points or the item belong to multiple cluster. An example of such clustering can be fuzzy or C-means clustering. Even in the diagram, you can see that some of the blue data points are overlapping with the pink data points. All right, so this is what happens in a C-means clustering or the fuzzy clustering. This is what an overlapping clustering is. All right, fine. Next comes the hierarchical clustering. Well, let's understand hierarchical clustering with this example. Let's consider case one. For instance, consider that we have six data points, A, B, C, D, and E out of which a and b are similar and d and e are similar all right so in the first case what we are doing we are combining a and b based on some similarity and we are combining d and e even based on their similarity all right in the next part what we see that the combination of a and b is quite similar to c so we are combining the combination of a and b with the c all right and similarly in the third part we see that the combination of d and e it is quite similar to f so we are combining the combination of D and E with F. Okay, and the final fourth part we see that the final tree contains all the cluster combined within a single cluster as the combination of A B C is quite similar with the combination of D E F. Okay, so the final tree contains all the cluster combined into a single cluster. All right, so this is what a hierarchical clustering is and how it works. Okay, an example of hierarchical clustering can be a dendrogram. All right. Till now we have covered about what is clustering where it is used how the business is using clustering and what are the different types of clustering available. All right now since our main focus would be on k-means clustering. So let's focus on that. So what is k-means clustering? Well k-means is a clustering algorithm whose main goal is to find the groups in the data. The number of groups or cluster is represented by k. 
the algorithm then runs iteratively to assign each data points to one of the k groups based on the features that are already provided okay now let's understand this k means clustering with an analogy suppose that you are shifted to your hostel and you don't know how to wash your clothes you have to do your laundry on your own all right so at the end of the month you see that you have collected a big pile of clothes for you and they are waiting for you to wash them so how will you do that so what you did initially you called your mother you asked her how to wash these clothes she said that there's specification for each variety of clothes okay some are washed in hot water some in cold some can be put in the dryer some need air drying and so on there are various specification for various clothes all right to make this a clustering scenario let's assume that your mother asked you to divide into three parts okay she asked you to pick three different items of clothes at random and that will be the starting point for those three separate clusters and then again you have to go through that massive initial cluster and look at each item of clothing in turn now at this point of time you have to compare the attributes such as water temperature drying temperature color with each of the three starting item and then place the new item into the best cluster or the best pile okay so what do you think is definition of a best cluster or a best pile well it is not based on a whole cluster it purely rely on the starting point technically that starting item is known as centroid but don't worry about that we'll get to know about that later these items won't be identical so pick the best match if you want to be really detailed about this so what you have to do you are asked to place each item closer to or farther away from the starting item based on how similar they are that is you can say that the more similar is the item the more closer it will be to the starting point okay now you have got three different cluster which means you are ready to use the washing machine but not so fast we are just getting started well there's a very iterative process and the next step would be to determine the new centroid for each of those pile or each of those cluster and repeat the process those new centers would be calculated and may not correspond to an actual item of clothing and we really don't know if these three clusters are optimal number so once you have completed the iteration with three cluster you should go and try with four five and more now this is what k means algorithm was don't worry we'll see more details about it but first let's see where you can apply the k means algorithm the k means algorithm can be applied to a numeric or continuous data with smaller number of dimension it can be applied to any scenario where you want to make groups of similar things from randomly distributed collection of things for example document classification where you can create the clusters of document in multiple categories based on tags topics and contents of the document this is a very standard classification problem and k means algorithm is one of the highly suitable algorithm for this purpose now let's proceed and understand about k means algorithm in depth imagine you have some data and your task is to plot the data points on the graph and divide the points into three different cluster now these three cluster may represent three different categories of suppose bikes in the data set it might be a cruise sports or touring bike okay so in this case you can see the exact data points within each cluster but rather than just relying to our eye let's see if our computer can show us the same result or not that is three clusters in order to perform this i'll be using the k means clustering now let's suppose there's a unclustered data so to start with at step 1 you will select the number of cluster you want to identify in your data let me tell you a fact that this k in k means is nothing but the total number of clusters you want suppose if k equals 3 then total number of cluster is also 3 okay so in this case it's k equal 3 as it is mentioned already that we want to create three clusters there's also a very cool way to select the number of k but we'll discuss about it later in this session okay 
and step two what we do we randomly select three distinct data points so these are the initial three cluster consisting of just one single data point okay these three points are nothing but we are assuming that they are the centroid of each cluster okay now as a step three what we'll do we'll measure the distance between the first point and the three clusters so this shows the distance from the first point to the red cluster next it shows the distance from the first point to the blue cluster and this it shows the distance from the first point to the green cluster all right uh, moving on to step four what we'll do we'll assign the first point and add the first point to the nearest cluster since in this case the nearest one is red so the first point will be added to the red cluster fine as a step five we'll calculate the mean for the red cluster including the new point which is recently added to the cluster so the mean value in this case lies somewhere here in between the two points within the red cluster okay now we are done with first point we know that the first point lies within the red cluster now let's figure out the cluster of the second point or in other words to which cluster does the second point belongs to well to do this you can use the same procedure you use for the first point it's just that we'll now measure the distance of second point from the red mean so here is the different distance of second point to different red blue and green clusters once you are done with measuring assign the second point to the nearest cluster which is again the red cluster all right next we'll use this new point to calculate the mean within the red cluster as you can see this new mean is shifted to the left just a little bit right so now we know about our second point as well even it lies within the red cluster now let's see and find out to which cluster does our third point belongs to so what we need to do again measure the distance assign the point to the nearest cluster and then finally calculate the new mean for the red cluster as this particular third point even this belongs to the red cluster all right now let's move on to see which point does the fifth point belongs to again follow the same method measure the distance assign the cluster and once again calculate the new mean for this case for the fifth point you can see that it belongs to the blue cluster and it is a blue point okay now let's find out to which of the cluster does this point belongs to again measure the distance assign the cluster calculate the new cluster mean the rest of these points will always be closest to the green so all of these will fall under the green cluster now it's time we compare our result to the original one oh what the k-means clustering algorithm or the machine is giving a very poor result compared to what we did by eye well you can always check the quality of the cluster data just by adding up the variance within each cluster so there's the sum total of variance within the three clusters well there's a fact that k-means clustering cannot see which one of them is the best clustering but what it does it keeps a track of these clusters and their total variance and repeat the same steps from the scratch but with different starting point so let's see once again we are here at the beginning to choose three random points but yeah make sure that these three random points are completely different from those random points which we had selected in the very beginning okay so algorithm what it does it picks three initial cluster and then it adds the remaining point to the cluster having the nearest mean again recalculating the mean each time a new point is added to the cluster now once we have the cluster data we'll calculate the sum of variation within each cluster and again repeat the same steps again and again pick three initial cluster cluster the remaining point and finally take the sum of variation within each cluster now at this point our algorithm knows that is the best clustering so far as it has the lowest sum of variation but even now the algorithm is not completely sure of the cluster so it will repeat itself and check for few more cluster now you might be wondering when this algorithm would end well it depends on how many iteration you want to perform it would do as many as you wanted to do suppose i say i want to perform 20 iteration 
So the machine will iterate 20 times and then finally return the result. It's not like if you perform 20 iteration, you will be getting 20 different cluster. It's just that it will execute 20 times even though the result is same. By same result, I mean that the cluster created would stop changing after a few iterations. All right. When manually calculating, we generally stop the calculation when we get the same result consecutively. As we want to get sure of the result, even though you repeat, you would get the same result. Okay. Now, what if we have a 2D data plotted on a graph with X and Y axis? So, even for this case, we'll start with picking up three random points, which will be their centroid. But in this case, we'll use the Euclidean distance to find the distance between the two points. In case of 2D, this Euclidean distance is same as that of a Pythagorean theorem. All right. That is h square equal l square plus b square, where h is the hypotenuse, l is the length or the height, and b is the base. Okay. Then, just like before, you will assign the point to the nearest cluster. Finally, calculate the mean of the cluster with the new point in it, and we'll use this mean to determine the distance from the cluster. Yeah, we need to pick a bunch of starting points before finalizing the cluster. All right. Now, coming to one of the most important questions How will you decide what value should you use for k? Well, sometimes you will find that the number of cluster to create are obvious, like k equal 3. But sometimes it is not that easy to judge or guess the number of cluster manually. So, what we'll do in this case? Well, one of the options to decide the value of k is a hit and trial method, where you just need to try different values of k. So, starting with the minimum possible value of k, that is k equal 1, uh, which symbolizes that all the data points lie within one single cluster. k equal 1 is the worst case scenario. You can even decide it by calculating its total variance. All right. By this, what I mean to say, suppose you have 20 data points. All right. And you are creating 20 cluster. So, this would be the worst case scenario if all the 20 points are lying within the 20 different cluster. All right. Now, let's try with k equal 2. Still better. But how much better? Well, why don't you compare it with the total variation with k equal 2 to k equal 1? That is, compare it when we had 2 cluster to when we had 1. Now, let's try k equal 3. Well, in this case, it's even better. But how much better? Well, even in this case, you can decide it by comparing the total variation within the three cluster, that of the two. Okay. Now try with k equal four. In this case, the total variation within each cluster is less than when k equal three. Each time we increase the number of cluster, the total variation within each cluster gets smaller than before. And then finally, when we have the case where total number of cluster equal total number of points, or in other words, we have just one point per cluster. Then in that case, the variation becomes zero. Obviously, right? So you can say that the number of clusters are indirectly proportional to total variation. If the number of cluster increases, the total variation decreases. Finally, when we plot the reduction in variance for per value of k, we'll get a graph like this, where on the x-axis we have the number of cluster k, and on the y-axis we have reduction in variance. On the graph, you can see that there's a huge reduction in variance with k equal three. But after that, there is no such steep change in the variation. So, this point of change is known as the elbow point. And the value of this point is the one which decides the value of k. That is, in order to find out the value of k, you need to find the elbow from the elbow plot. Okay? Fine. This was all about k means algorithm, how it works. All right. Well, thank you, folks. This was all about this session. Thank you.